Welcome back to the Expressions of Destiny podcast. This is Jennifer. Today is Teachable Tuesday. And I really want to take you again to one of my favorite books. Um, There is just so much wisdom, and I use that word on purpose, but there's so much wisdom in this tiny little book um, that the lessons are just so valuable. And so I want to take you back. I know we've done a couple of uh, episodes where we've um, dived into this book or dove, is that a word? <laughs> we dove into this book for a couple of different subjects. Um, but let's go back to it. It is called Secrets of the Richest Man Who Ever Lived. And it is about uh, King Solomon from the Bible. Solomon was David's son. And so um, I love looking at just the different ways that he operated in wisdom, um, the things that, that the moments, you know, everything that he had, the wealth that he had, the blessings, it was all because he was given the opportunity to ask for anything that he wanted. And the one thing he asked for out of everything that he could have had, he asked for wisdom. So today we are going to dive into chapter 17, and I'm just going to go over the points here. I'm not going to read you the whole chapter. There's so much goodness in here, but we don't have time. Um, but the title of chapter 17, if you ever get a chance to pick up the book, um, let me give you a little more information here first before we start. It is Secrets of the Richest Man Who Ever Lived by Dr. Mike Murdoch. It is a very old book, but... Um, its lessons are timeless. So let's just dive right into it. Um, Chapter 17, Solomon willingly sowed the miracle seed of time toward his dream. I want to begin by um, saying this. Time is so important when we're talking about our business. Um, Time in general, just what it means that the time of the day, the hours, um, an example of that would be the time change that just occur- occurred. Uh, I do not like spring forward, and I absolutely love falling backward. So if you know uh, those references, then you understand what I'm saying. Springing forward, it, I don't like that it's still dark in the morning when I wake up. Well, we're generally up between 5 and 6 a.m., six at the latest. And for it to be dark in the morning, it makes me want to stay in the bed and not get up and move. And I have to really push a lot harder. Even though I'm excited to start my day, I have to push a lot harder. And when we go into uh, the fall seasons and that hour falls back and the sun is already coming up when I'm used to getting up, I just feel more awake and alive. And so we can see how time really um, plays its role in um either motivating us or making us feel like we're falling behind and we're not getting things done. And so uh, this this topic in this chapter was so important, and I wanted to bring some of these points to you. So let's get into a couple of these. Um, one of the examples that they shared was that, you know, we we can tell what is most important to us by the time that we give to it. And so... It's kind of like saying, um, I would really like to lose weight, but I just don't have the time to go to a gym or the time to meal prep. I don't have the time to do this and to do that. I don't have time to go for that uh, one-mile walk every day. Um, but if it was really important to us, we would make the time, right? We would we would schedule out those moments to be able to do those things because it does mean something to us. 
And so when we make those statements and we, we relate it or we refer to the time that we have and don't have, then we're really just saying it, you know, it's just a, a dream or a wish, but I, I really wish that it would just happen instantly and I wouldn't have to work for it. And so understanding that when we own our business or we run a ministry um, or we have a special program or a project, if we expect it to just happen and happen instantly and we don't want to work for it, we don't want to put the time and the effort into it, then we really don't have, um, we don't have an appreciation for that thing. We don't value it. We don't um have a, a desire to do even greater uh, or amazing things. We just wanted to get it done because it was something that we thought we could do. Um, but we have to put more effort than that. So that goes into the first point that is made in this chapter. Number one, it says invest whatever time is necessary to produce the highest level of excellence possible in your work. Invest whatever time, any time whatsoever. Um, way back when I was in graphic design school, there were times where I spent hours at night. Now, some of that was due to my procrastination and just not being in the mood. Um, I've learned now that a lot of my procrastination when working on my graphic design projects was I'm very critical of my work. I'm, I'm real quick to criticize or to look at something and think that's not good enough. And, um, I need to change this and I need to change that. And I end up making all of these changes that were not necessary. And so a lot of times I would purposely, um, just procrastinate and at the last minute produce some of my best work, but it was done under pressure and stress and that, uh, lack, let me just say a lack of an opportunity to change anything. So I was literally turning in the first draft and finished product all at the same time in the morning when I woke up and had to go to class. And so, um, but needless to say, I put in the hours. I would be up working till midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, and find my way to the bed go to sleep for a couple hours and have to get up and start my morning and get to class on time. But my project was done and I put every bit of what I had into that. And so however it is that you work, it's just knowing that the time that you have put towards that thing is so valuable and you have put your best effort into what you are doing for your business or your ministry or your projects or whatever it is that, um, that you have been created and called to do. It is your purpose. But the importance of doing your best is what I emphasize here. Because you can put all the time that you have, but if you don't put your best into it, then it's saying, once again, you really didn't care about that thing that you were working on. Number two is um, put quality into every conversation in which you are a part. Now, I love this one because constantly, um, my brain operates and functions in the way that when I'm talking to somebody and we're in a conversation, if at any point, I'm almost like hoping that they uh, share some type of pain point or a problem with me because I'm just so ready to 
react and to try to help solve that problem or uh, give suggestions or uh, find ways that we might be able to maneuver through something um, so that I can know that I help them. So, and in the same way, I would expect for them to do the same for me. You know, not just having a uh, conversation in passing and walking away and feeling like I didn't add value to that person. And so this statement is so true. You have to put quality into every single conversation that you are a part of. You, you are bringing you to that conversation and you are showing them who you are, what you value, um, what you hope to do and to be and to achieve and that your heart is to think of them first um, before worrying about your own problems. I mean, we are in business too, or in ministry, um, either one. We are in those positions to help others, right? To serve other people. And so um, that particular point really stood out to me. Let's move on to number three. Number three says, guard the access you permit to others. That is a powerful statement. You have to always guard the access that you allow others to enter into um, your, your, what would you call it? Your safe space, that, that, uh, circle that is around you guard that space. There is so much that you may be working on that is precious, that is not quite finished, that is in a, um, position of, if you allow people in, you know, access to what it is that you're working on and, they're only speaking negativity or telling you all the things that won't happen, um, discouraging you every bit of the way and causing you to doubt the very thing that you know you are capable of doing. But now they have you second guessing and second thinking uh, what you're working on. Um, they do. They should not be allowed access. You can just stand there and say access denied. Just, just state it plainly. Access denied because um, the thing that I am working on, the time, let's go back to that word, the time that I have put into this is not going to be stripped from me as if it was wasted. I love the way it, it states it here in the chapter. It says, qualify anyone who enters your personal ar- arena of life. What is the criteria for that relationship? That person must desire something you possess and be willing to pay the price for receiving it. That person must possess something you desire and be willing to impart it to you. Now that is a very hard thing to do because we all know that we have family and friends, um, people that are in our circle that expect to be a part of everything. And sometimes you just have to kind of leave them out. Sometimes you have to maybe not even tell them what you're working on um, because you have not been granted that freedom or that allowance by God um, to tell them anything yet. And I say that because there have been a lot of moments in my life where I know the Lord has clearly spoken to me and said, don't tell anyone. At this moment in time, just keep working. Keep putting your heart into it. Um, keep producing, just keep moving, but you don't have to tell anyone. 
The only person you need to talk to about it is me and your husband and your children. And that is it. There have been times where I haven't told anybody. And that is just a form of protecting the thing that God has given you until it is time. Because there will be a time that you can share these um, these celebratory moments and and these big wins. You know, these moments where you're just ready to say, look what God did. Look at what we accomplished and, and what we finished. And that is such a wonderful feeling. Number four says, recognize your personal seeds of time as golden coins you place in the hands of another. Um, that visual couldn't be any more clear. If you had golden coins in your hands right now, who would you hand them to? Who could you trust? If you gave someone special instructions, maybe you told them, I just want to be a blessing to you. Take these gold coins and do whatever it is that your heart desires. You you could trust that they would do the right thing with it. That they wouldn't just go and just waste it. But there would be an appreciation, right? You would You would give those coins knowing that they were so deserving of it. And they would do something great with it. Now, think about other people that you would give those coins to and give special instructions to. And say, I need for you to take these and go and do this. Increase it. Multiply it. Use it for good. Maybe use it to feed the poor. You know, use it to clothe the children. Whatever that project or that thing is, you know that when you handed those coins to that particular person, you could trust that they would follow the instructions and do exactly as you told them. And so when we go back and read this again, recognize your personal seeds of time. The time that you that you have, that thing that you have, recognize that as golden coins that you would place in the hands of another. I'm just going to leave that one right there. Just think on it. Who would you be able to do that with? Who could you trust? And I think that's about all that we need to say on that one. Um, number five, invest time with the mentors who impart to you. Um, a mentor is very hard to find. Let me let me back up. A good mentor is very hard to find. Um, a mentor is someone who is not going to just tell you all the good and and give you praise and tell you you're doing a great job and be that motivator. But they are also the ones that are going to be honest with you and tell you when you're not doing enough. Um, I have a mentor and I had a mentor. Uh, I've had several mentors, but every single one of them, including this uh, special person in our life right now helping with our business is just um, will call me out on some things. You know, have you done this? Have you completed that? And will hold me accountable. That is a good mentor. And so you want to invest the time. You want to schedule those moments. You want to make sure that you don't, you don't allow, you know, weeks and months to go by without spending some kind of time with them. Um, because then you lose all accountability. I, uh, going back to my mentor, I know that when our meeting is coming up, because it is every month that I better go over my notes and have some answers for the things that I told myself I was going to work on. Because really, I'm making a promise to myself. 
but he's there to help um, maybe guide or give suggestions or or help me think through, you know, the process and then also hold me accountable to say, well, you said you were going to uh, complete this or you were going to accomplish that. And so that time scheduled with that person is so important. Oh, the next one is so good. Number six, take time to establish a reputation for integrity. Um, I actually just had this conversation today because, you know, in in growing a, a podcast audience, you know, this is something that was new for us last year. We're actually coming up on our one year, so it's pretty exciting. But in growing the podcast, you think about your listeners and the one thing that um, I always want to make sure that I'm doing is that I'm adding value to whoever it is that does listen and knowing that the people who do listen are the ones who need to hear it. So it's not about how many people are listening, but even if it was just one, was that one person receiving the encouragement and the value that they needed for that day? then that would be all that matters. And so I love how this one says that Solomon knew that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Um, and it gives it does give scripture reference. So if you'd like to go and read about that, it's in Proverbs 22, 1 is where that, um, where that is stated. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. If I have encouraged you, then I have been successful in my purpose. And that's all that matters. Number seven is control the climate and the time of every appointment. Now, I am a stickler for being on time. I cannot stand it if we are running out of the house in a rush and supposed to be somewhere by a certain time. So if I'm in control of the situation, I'm leaving about 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes early. When I am heading to class, I'm sitting in that parking lot 30 minutes before class starts. I may sit out there for a little while, you know, and listen to um, other podcasts or listen to music, but I'm there 30 minutes ahead of time Um, because you never know when you're going to run into traffic or you're going to have other issues or you may not have gas and all of a sudden you have to stop and, and put gas. And so this is a big deal for me to control the climate and time of every appointment. So here's a a really great example that they gave in here, and and I know all too well, is if someone tells you that they will meet you at a certain time, say you're going to have a meeting at, they want to meet you at 12 because you left it up to them. You know, okay, let's meet for a lunch meeting at 12. Then you be the one to set the ending of that meeting and just repeat back to them and say, Okay, so we'll meet at 12, and how about we end at 1? So here is the power in that, because you value time, right? I value time. My It's my time that I'm giving to you. That if you tell me to be there at 12, and I show up at 12, and in my case, 11.45, and I'm sitting there waiting for you, and you do not show up until 12.20 or 12.30, for whatever reason, We are still ending that lunch meeting at 1. And it may be hard because you might want to, 
you know, continue and, and give that person the time that um, you stated, which was that hour, but they have already used up uh, 20 to 30 minutes of that time. And if they did not value that time to get there on time and early, then you need to show them how valuable your time is and set the ending time and stick to it. And so, and I guarantee you, they will understand that the next time, if they want to reap the benefits of spending an entire hour, you know, brainstorming or talking or encouraging or, or anything like that, then they'll respect the value of time as well and will be there on time. I don't know how else I can say that without going around in circles, but I'm sure we all get it. So just remember, you set the ending time and stick to it. Number eight kind of follows suit with that. It says begin training those around you to respect your time. And so that's pretty much what we did by setting the ending time is just showing them, you know, this is this is what we said we were going to do and we need to, to stick to it. We need to be committed to our word and what we said. And um, by doing that, you're, you're teaching them a very valuable lesson. Now, another thing that I love to do as far as um, training others around me to, to respect my time is that I also train them to respect my family's time. So um, if you know me and we have ever scheduled anything, if someone asks me if we can meet uh, sometime during the week or on a particular day, I never give an immediate answer. I always say, you know what, let me check my schedule and I'll get back with you. I'll get back with you by the end of the day. Or I'll give them an exact time. I'll get back with you um, by Tuesday. That way they're not waiting on me. They, they know I've already set an expectation for them. And even if I do know that my schedule is completely clear, I, here's what I do. I still check my schedule because I may have forgotten something that I had already committed to. Even if it's small, could have been one thing during the day. Um, but the even more important thing that I do is I will go to my family first. And I'll ask my husband, do we have anything planned on such and such day? Or was there anything that you were wanting to do? Um, he'll tell me yes or no. And then he'll say, no, why? What's going on? Well, you know, I really wanted to um, try to meet with so-and-so. I wanted to make sure... You know, we didn't have anything scheduled. Are you okay with that? And he'll say, yeah, sure. You know, that's fine. I didn't have anything planned. Um, I will go to my daughters. Why? Because they're in high school and college, and I may have forgotten that there's something important coming up. And I will tell them, is there anything that we are doing on this day? Did I tell you we were doing anything? Um, do you have any tests? Do we need to go up to the, the campus? And if they tell me no then I go ahead and schedule that appointment. And so those things are also very important, is if you are including your family in everything that you do, and in our case, we are a family business, and so it is very important for me either way to include them in my plans. Um, I will not give you an answer until I have checked with those that are closest to me, those that... Um, will receive my time before anybody else. 
So that's just a little uh, something that I do um, that maybe, you know, may help with uh, your planning as well. And it also shows how valuable your family is to other people. Number nine is your dream will require much more time than you realize. I have absolutely learned this one in this season. Um, there were some a lot of things on my schedule that I was used to doing last year that had to take a complete backseat this year because I didn't realize how much time I was going to have to put into certain parts of our business, um, in pivoting and changing things, uh, changing the ways, the way that we operate, um, some of the certifications and the, uh, classes that I was really anticipating taking, you know, I kind of got excited about that, but I had to consider the time that it was going to take to complete the assignments, um, the, the amount of semesters that I was going to have to be in class, the amount of classes that I was going to have to take four classes a semester. So that's a heavy load. And so when we think about your dreams and your projects and the things that you are trying to accomplish, you have to be prepared to really look at everything that you are already doing and look at that thing that you're wanting to do. And you will most likely have to cut some of the things that you are used to doing. Um, I love networking. I love it. I love talking to people, meeting people, helping people, whatever it is. Relationship building is so important to me. It's such a huge part of our business. But there are times where I can't go to all of the networking events that I want to. <laughs> Some of the people that I have met, oh my goodness, I am, I am amazed at how many networking events they can go to in a week. And this is week after week after week. That is important to them. That is a part of the season that they're in, a part of their business, a part of their routine. But for me, it's just not something that I can put that much commitment into at the moment because I'm writing a paper or working on an assignment or helping my daughters or uh, me and a wife being a mother and running the business and recording the podcast episodes, you know, so there is a lot of things that had to change in this year. And as we go from season to season, project to project, um, we have to know, okay, what are the things that we can kind of put on hold? You're not completely cutting them out, but you're placing them on hold temporarily while you achieve and put the time towards that one thing that you are working on now. And then you can pick those things back up. But when we don't prepare for that, is usually when we don't put productive time into what we're doing and everything becomes a mess. We have two more to go over here. Number 10 says, an uncommon dream will require uncommon meditation. Whatever that is for you, if it is um, sitting down and writing in a journal, if it's reading God's word, if it's going for a walk, listening to worship music, just sitting in the quiet, um, you could be reading a book. You could be, uh, really, sometimes I'm playing a game <laughs> on my phone, uh, listening to a podcast and falling asleep. And um, that is the proper meditation for me at times because it's kind of like a decompressing uh, moment for me. 
But whatever it is that you need, whatever it is um, that is going to help you, then that's what you have to commit to do. Now I want to read the way that they said it in the book. It says, think on it, meditate on it, study your dreams and goals from every conceivable perspective. What you keep looking at, you will eventually see. What you look at the longest becomes the strongest in your mind. Um, there was something that I did on Sunday. Um, we have a vision and dreams board up in in our washroom, and um, we hadn't really added too much to it, but I I had started to uh, create a different vision board, and I said, you know, we need to go ahead and combine those. So I took the time to just really go through that and pull off some of the things that had already occurred and um, added the new things that we are believing God for and just dreaming of, you know, the visions that we have. And um, it was so refreshing. The moment was refreshing to stand there and look at these things and get excited about them again. You know, there's been an excitement for a while, but sometimes you just have to stop and stare at it and look at it and remember that goal that you have and get excited about pursuing it again. And so um, that could be another way that you meditate. Uh, I find it interesting that they go over the same chapter that we just talked about uh, on the last episode, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 3, and it talks about to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And so um, if you have a chance, go back and reread that chapter, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 3. Um, but it, it talks about all the things. Uh, there is a time and a season for everything. And number 11, I know this one all too well, invest in a time management plan book. And I want to read the points that are listed here um, because I had to kind of laugh at myself when I read it. At first, and it says, make it small enough to carry with you and keep it handy at all times. Well, mine isn't small, but I carry it with me everywhere. Um, it should be big enough for you to write down your dreams and goals for each day and week. Explore various types of day timers. Question those around you who are leading productive lives. Ask them for advice concerning the certain, I'm sorry, concerning the creation of a time management notebook. Make the extra effort to discipline your life for 30 days and write out a clear-cut plan each day and work to develop a conscious awareness of time. Now, I do have a planner. I don't like using technology uh, for things like that. I, I don't want to have to schedule things out on my phone. I'm very old school. And so every year, I'm that person in... Um, Burlington or Walmart or somewhere looking for the planner that jumps out at me. The one that, you know, maybe have a, a positive message on the front or it has the, the space that I need to schedule out my days. And every single day I open that planner to look at my days and my week again. Even if I know everything that I'm doing on every single day, I still look at it night before I go to bed to remind me of what my morning is going to be like. And then I look at it in the morning to remind me of what my day is going to look like. 
And if somebody asks me if I have time, I go straight to that planner to check the days first. And then I'll offer them a couple of suggestions if I have a couple of days open. Um, but I live by that planner. And I don't have a problem crossing appointments out. I don't have a problem uh, erasing things. It's not set in stone. It's just allowing me to plan things out. And it's allowing me to choose what is most important because I can write down a whole bunch of events and meetings that I would like to go to. But when it comes to that moment, if I stop and think, is this a priority to me or is it something that I can jump in on in the next month, maybe if it's a reoccurring event, or is it something that I can schedule for a later day, then I have no problem changing it. But it's just knowing that I have a system in place to help me stay organized and uh, knowing everything that I have already scheduled out um, and being able to follow that or have some type of plan. Because if I have no plan, then I kind of feel like I'm just not doing anything and being lazy. But does that mean that I have to fill up my entire day? No. I feel productive if I can get at least one thing done and get it done right. So I really just wanted to um, go over this chapter with you because I think sometimes as business owners and, um, you know, those that are in ministry or working on special projects, we tend to forget how important the element of time is. And um, we try to either do too much at one time or and we don't pace ourselves, or we just sit back and waste time. And so um, these tips, uh, some of them I do follow and some of them were new to me. And I really hope that they'll help you in some way with, with your planning. Um, but it's the principles that were in between some of these that really stood out the most is in helping others to understand as well that your time is so valuable and it is so precious just as much as theirs is that um, in us following these steps and following these principles and really applying them, we're helping others to understand the importance of time and um, how it helps us to be successful and just using wisdom in each one of these. Using wisdom and understanding that our purpose is so important and the time that we put into it is even greater. And so um, that is it for me today, you guys. I really pray that this uh, encourages you and helps you in your business venture. Um, again, the book is called The Secrets of the Richest Man Who Ever Lived. From time to time, I will be going through a couple of these lessons. Um, but it, it's just, we're going through it together. The, the episodes are always unscripted. And so that's what I love is that it, it's something that we can process together. We can learn together. Um, so if you have an opportunity to go pick up the book, The Secrets of the Richest Man Who Ever Lived by Dr. Mike Murdoch. It is a very short read and it is power packed with so much wisdom. And so um, I will talk to you on Friday. Thank you for joining me again today on the Expressions of Destiny podcast. Have a wonderful day. God bless.